Hey everybody, you're listening to the Daily Halacha, Kabbalah, and Machshava podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying this content, you can visit us at yesodblocks.com where you can subscribe and get access to the much more extensive frameworks of Torah that we have been sharing for some time and that are getting expanded and updated and upgraded literally every week with new content. So head over there, subscribe now, and support what we're trying to create with this series and in general, trying to show the world that Torah is the most sophisticated system that there is in reality. And it's not just something you want to just say and throw that around, but actually show that, illustrate that with these episodes, with the content at Yesodblox, with our YouTube channel. So subscribe to our YouTube channel, listen here, go over to yesodblox.com, subscribe there, and join our growing Yesodblox community, trying to fill the world with Torah that is sophisticated and deep and real. So this is the Erev Shabbos episode. We haven't actually had one of these in some time since before Pesach. And in, on the Erev Shabbos episode, that means the Friday episode, we pick a halacha. Instead of going through the halacha, the other halachos of the Shulchan Aruch straight the way we, we do for the regular episodes, in this Friday episode, we take a halacha specifically from Hilchel Shabbos, going straight through Hilchel Shabbos as well, just trying to go from beginning to end and actually reveal the underlying Kabbalah, Machshava dynamics, the deep uh, spiritual principles and, and I guess you could say elements or energies that are at work underneath. And this is not in some distant mystical way or something where there's just things happening over there, up there in the sky somewhere. We're describing the actual mechanics, the inner experiential mechanics of what it means to be alive when you actually do things in the outside world, how that impacts your uh, your emotions, the way that you perceive reality, the types of thoughts that you think, and how all those are interlinked with the larger framework of reality that we call Hashem. So that's what we're trying to explore here. And again, we do a halacha, and then we get to those underlying elements, and that's designed to help you to actually experience the spiritual meaning of halacha, instead of just viewing it as like a very, very shallow, practical set of things you're just supposed to always do, because it's the thing you you have to do, or something like that, which is not even true. You don't have to really do anything, but if you want to get certain outcomes, certain results, then you need certain kinds of actions. So every need, every every obligation is always in the context of a particular want. You want to preserve a relationship, then you need to behave in certain kinds of ways with loyalty and integrity. If you want to connect to Hashem, you have, then you're going to need to live a, a Torah lifestyle with all of its layers. So, And of course, if you're just doing halacha from a place of, oh, I just have to do this without really seeing that larger truth, and also the underlying mechanics of what halacha is all about, then you're going to have a very hard time actually experiencing the purpose of halacha, which is actually to align you with Hashem and to become more and more and more aware and awake as to who you truly are, the true idea of what it means to be woke, to really truly be conscious, to be awake uh, in terms of the deeper self that you are underneath that is rooted in Hashem. That is the whole goal of this, how to take halacha and, and show people that's what this is all about. So... That's the idea, taking halacha and then getting to the depths of it. In this halacha, this particular halacha, we're in Siman Reish Nun Gimel still, and that is that is section 500, uh, sorry, 253. And we're up to halacha bet, the second halacha in that Siman. So this is built off a little bit off of the previous halacha. There were a number of episodes that revolved around that previous halacha because that previous halacha was extremely long. And it really revolved around the idea of trying to do a malacha, specific malacha of Bishel, which is cooking, before Shabbos and having it go into Shabbos. And the idea here is a malacha means an action, a creative activity that you engage in that will now uh, change as a result of your applying your consciousness to reality. You're taking a certain uh, creative action as a, uh, as a function of your conscious intention. And that action will now change the nature of something in reality in a way that is 
permanent and significant. So that's what a malacha is. It's basically a channeling of consciousness into the world that leaves a permanent mark on the world in some form. And so with cooking, that's what you're doing. You're basically applying your consciousness to various raw materials and then bringing them to a higher state of utility by cooking them together. Uh, that's the creative aspect that you're not making them edible, useful for people to actually uh, consume. And so that's the malacha idea of cooking. It's one of 39 different possible uh, malachos that you could engage in. And each of them has slightly different nuances, different types of things, but they all have the same root idea that they're about trying to create change in the world in a way that is permanent and a function of your creative intention, your conscious, consciousness application to the world. So the, the previous halacha was about, well, what if I apply my consciousness to cook something and I do that before it's Shabbos? In other words, it's not yet, it's still, I'm still allowed to do that because on, on Shabbos, we, the whole idea of Shabbat is you're trying to stop creating so that way you can pull your consciousness out of your creative funnels. Because we, when, we, when we create things, we tend to focus ourselves in. Our consciousness becomes funneled into a narrower uh, space, narrower focus. And then we uh, we get kind of we begin to potentially at least over identify ourselves with our own creativity with our accomplishments. We begin to perceive ourselves through the lens of what it is that we have created, what it is that we're doing. And so that whole perspective, that whole that whole dynamic, that issue of doing that is a result of the Eitzadas Tovara, the tree of perceptual uh, perceptual knowledge of subjective good and evil. It's the tree that we ate the fruit from in the story of the Eitzadas in the Garden of Eden. And so the the result is that now we can develop perceptions based on our preferences, as we've discussed often in this series and the idea of, of these of this particular halacha and halacha in general is, is to help us to undo the distortions that arise in our perceptual framework as a result of all kinds of different stimuli and experiences that we have in our lives in this case our creativity often pulls our sense of self our perception of ourselves into the these more limited self-perceptions where we begin to see ourselves in the light of our accomplishments and our creativity as opposed to the larger totality of who we are, which is the endless self, the neshama, the consciousness that is manifest through the perceptions, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors with all the different areas that that's true and so many different parts of, our, of, of ourselves in which that, that's manifest. So that's basically the the, 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 the issue of do malacha on Shabbos. We're trying to not do it to make to, to unfunnel ourselves, to pull ourselves back to the larger truth of who we are. And so in the previous episodes, we've discussed different possible cases, situations in which a person is trying to uh, initiate a malacha while it's still Erev Shabbos, while it's still not a problem of, uh, of this the, the Shabbos period that he's trying to not do malacha. So now it's still Erev Shabbos. He's trying to set up a malacha that can actually continue into Shabbos, where now he's no longer actively doing it. He started doing it before Shabbos, and then it kind of continued on its own. A good example, obviously, is cooking, because you basically set it up that now this, this malacha change is happening, but then it continues to cook on its own. You put it into the oven, or you put it on top of the stove and let it continue cooking. And we described in previous episodes the different issues that you that actually arise in doing this, how you sometimes like there's basically a question of like well how how close uh to malacha do you have to be before it becomes something which you're not allowed to do even on friday in other words let's say a situation in which you set up malacha on friday but the, but because of the way you set it up now you're going to run into situations where you're going to have to do something which is very similar or even actually malacha on shabbos that would not be okay so these are the different kinds of cases and situations that we that we've, we've been kind of analyzing to figure out exactly which things are malacha which things aren't what can you do before Shabbos, going into Shabbos, on Shabbos, that's very close to Malacha. And we've described and discussed the, the reason why this is so important is because the Torah does not just want you to try to avoid doing anything that's remotely similar to Malacha. The Torah wants you to toe the line, to be exactly in the in the in-between space. Uh, and that in-between space moves around a little bit depending on what kind of Malacha you're talking about because we want you to be able to have good food on Shabbos. We want you to be able to heat up your food on Shabbos and to enjoy the experience of Shabbos. The only issue is that, that when you're heating up your food, there are certain situations in which 
which when you heat up your food, you're actually doing malacha, which then undermines the whole purpose of the day. So we want you to, on the one hand, do things that are going to make the day enjoyable so you can really relax and release your consciousness and try to let it expand and, and kind of rise above the, the narrow funneling of the week. On the other hand, we have to make sure that whatever ways we're doing that are not going to themselves be malacha, which then pull us back into the consciousness funneling of creative activity. That's the two sides of the issue here. So in Seif Bays in the in the halacha number two that we're learning right now, here's what it says. The case is kira she grufa It's a stovetop essentially in which the heating element has been removed. In other words, now the the cases they always have it that they had back then were. The heating stovetops were basically these boxes with a hole in the top, and the heating element was inside. It was coals, let's say. And so, if you, if let's say you, you know, right before it's Shabbos, you basically took a rake and you raked out all the coals. So now that heating box is still very hot, but there's no longer coals inside. So it's a case where you, where you did that. You have a, you have a kira, a, a stovetop heating box that has been cleared out of the heating element. And now it's on Shabbos, right? So you have this pot that you were, that you were cooking on there before Shabbos. And then now it is Shabbos and you want to take the pot off of there to actually eat something that's inside of the pot. So what happens next? Um, so you, took, you took it off while it's actually already Shabbos. You're allowed to put it back onto that heating context, that heating box, uh, uh, as long as it as long as it's still boiling, the the Shulchan Aruch writes here. So in other words, what you did was you took the pot off of the stovetop, and the pot is very hot. Obviously, the food has been cooking for who knows a couple of hours or whatever. The food is fully cooked. Um, it's let's say it's a soup, so it's a liquid type of food, and so you took it off now, and now you want to serve some of it, but then you want to put it back onto the the heating box because you want to let's say keep it on there overnight, even though obviously it'll cool down overnight because the heating element's been removed. But let's say you want to do that anyway, just to to, to keep it at least warm-ish, um, or you want to just put it back so that you can then take more of it, let's say in a couple of hours, and and it'll still retain its heat. So you're allowed to put it back on top of the heating box. Now, the issue with that is when you look at that, is that that looks very similar to cooking. In other words, you basically have a, a, a heat source, which does not have the fire in it anymore, but it's still very hot, and you're taking a pot off of it. So the action of taking it off is taking it away from the context of where it was cooking. But when you, if you want to replace it there afterwards and put it back, that would appear to be an action in which you are now causing that pot to get to get more cooked as you're putting it back into its place where it was cooked and essentially could continue to be cooked. So how are you allowed to do that? That seems like it should be a malacha. So there's a, there's a few different details here. The first detail that's mentioned is that as long as it's still boiling. So basically the idea is that in halacha, when we're dealing with a liquid, uh, so the question of, of like what is the definition of the of the malacha of cooking in the context of a liquid? So that the the halacha is that if it's liquid and it was already boiled and it's now that hot, so as long as it's still above a certain temperature, that's the temperature is basically something which is hot enough to burn you if you touch it. So if as long as it's still that hot, it's still considered to have a status of being fully cooked and therefore cannot be cooked anymore. It's not like you can keep keep on cooking it more and more and more. It just stays. It's like it's an on off switch. Either it's cooked or it's not cooked. So the definition of cooked in terms of liquid in that in that way is basically that it already boiled and and so now this since it's since it's still very very hot when you take it off and then you want to put it and when you want to put it back on so it's considered that it's already it still remains cooked and therefore you can just put it back because you're not doing any kind of cooking action when you're doing that now if it would have cooled down a certain amount below the the that that, that higher temperature uh, where it's considered to be cooked according to the Torah's 
map of what cooking is in terms of our perception. So if you if, if it goes below that, then you would not be allowed to put it back on top of there on Shabbos because now what you're doing is actually recooking it since it since it got less hot and now it's not hot enough to be called cooked anymore. So by putting it back, according to some opinions, it's actually called recooking it. And now you're doing an action of malacha. Now you'll notice that of course I just mentioned a minute ago that these are all questions of perception. In other words, the Torah basically says, well, what's called cooked in terms of liquids? So the Torah says, well, this is the definition of cooked, and this is what. Then there's a whole set of of ideas in in the Talmud and the Gemara about like what's the normal temperatures and you know what what's what people generally consider to be cooked. But the idea is that if you have liquid and it's that hot, then it's considered to remain cooked until it cools down below that. And and once it cools down below that, then it's then it, then by putting it back, it's cooking it again. In which case, you'd be doing an actual malacha, a conscious an application of your consciousness to the world in such a way that now you're making a new change. You're you're reheating it to a cooked state. And that will be uh, prohibited on Shabbos. So again, just to read the halacha, it says, Kira grufa uktuma. So you have a, a, a stovetop, a hot box, that has the, the heating element removed from it. And you took the, the pot off, even on Shabbos, you took the pot off of there because you want to now serve from it. You're allowed to put it back. As long as it is still boiling, you're allowed to put it back. So now we, there's really two criteria mentioned. One is that the box has to have had the uh, heating element, the fire, the coals removed. And second of all is that it has to be that the pot remains cooked uh, the whole time before you put it back. And if you're lacking either of those criteria, let's say you have, uh, you know, you still have coals inside of the box, inside of the heating box, the, the stove box, you still, then you would not be allowed to put the pot back on top because that also, that, that certainly looks a lot like you're cooking. So it's very close to basically cooking, even if the pot is so hot that it's that it's still has a status of cooked. Nevertheless, the halacha is that, well, since it looks like you're cooking, it's very close to real cooking. That's actually crossing the line and you're too close to real cooking now that we, are, that we cannot allow you to do that. So those are two criteria that are mentioned. Let's just finish the other the other ones that are mentioned here. It adds here in the Haggah, the Ashkenazi Posek in the Shulchan Aruch, Haggah, ve'odabeyado, ve'lohi nichal gabe karka. Uh, you can, there's a third criterion here, which is if you want to be able to put it back on top of that heating context, you can't relinquish your handhold on it. You can't let go of it. So you have to keep on holding. So what you do is you can put it down on the counter or something as long as you're holding on to it. In other words, don't let go of it with your hand. And if you're doing that, so the reason why that's okay is that's viewed as if it's all kind of one continuous um, uh, status of being on top of the hot box, on top of the heating element. Because by you're holding on to it, you're basically saying, okay, like, I'm actually, I took it off with the intention of putting it back. And there, and that's actually the next criteria that's mentioned. It also has to be, uh, you have intent to put, to replace it back on top of the stove. Uh, so since you have that in mind, so that means that now you're basically viewing this entire thing as if it's all one action of, of cooking that began before Shabbos. And what you're doing now is nothing to do with that. You're not doing any kind of new malacha here. You're simply extending the malacha that was done uh, in, a, in a way that's continuous, that was done in a way that was allowed because it's before Shabbos. So again, we're looking at a situation in which, so now you have, you have four criteria. There shouldn't be a live heating element there because that's very close to cooking. It's very similar. You should also make sure that you that, that the pot remains so hot that it's considered to, to still be cooked. Again, we're talking about a liquid food here, so that's that's required also. It should be that you're holding on to it the entire time, so there's no real break in its in its uh, status of being in a state of cooking or or on, on the fire. And you also should have in mind that when you take it off, you're going to put it back because that's also uh, illustrates that this is all one continuous status of cooking. And again, the goal of all this is that you should you should basically toe the line. In other words, you're not actually doing a a mice and action of malacha here because that would be that that, that would be a problem of funneling your consciousness into the into the world in this way so instead what you're doing is you're basically trying to like the the, the gemara set up for us a, a system of things that you can do that are kind of like you're 
on a technical level, not really doing a malacha, and you have to, again, we have to be very careful how close you get, and that's why we have these specific requirements, the fire is removed, etc., but you're getting close to the malacha, as close as you can get to it, in order to get the hot food that you want for Shabbos, but not so close that it actually crosses the line that Chazal set up to, set, to tell you, that the, the sages of the Talmud set up to tell you, this is where you now are too close to cooking, and it's going to be uh, almost impossible for you to avoid actually doing an action of malacha. And that's really how all these halachos of Shabbos work. There's this constant towing of the line, constantly trying to balance the different priorities here to to navigate between these two edges. The bumper is almost like on the on the bowling lane to actually make sure that we, on the one hand, hit the things we want for Shabbos to actually expand our consciousness. On the other hand, to also have the restrictions in place to make sure that we don't engage in actual malacha that causes harm to the process we're trying to engage in that now distorts our perceptions more fully towards seeing ourselves as if we are our as if we are our creativity. So those are the two edges here that we're trying to navigate with this example of this halacha. So that was clarifying and useful and again a little bit technical, but we're going to see these things kind of keep coming up and we're going to have more and more and more understanding of how they all fit together as we go. So I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm looking forward to having you join me for the next episode.